Hello, and welcome to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. This is Season 3, uh, Episode 3? Four. Four. Season 3, Episode 4. My goodness, we are we are moving right along. Moving uh, right along. Footloose it's old Muppet free. song. Yes. yes. Uh, ah, that's yes. what I love. Seth, you get me. Well, I, we have a lot of references in common. Uh, <laughs> There's there's a decade. It was called the '80s. Yes, uh, that we we both remember fondly, yeah. and certainly somewhat fondly. Yes, <laughs> comparatively very fondly. Comparatively very compared to now. Goodness, I'd take the '80s again. <laughs> um, well, without <laughs> I just realized that that's actually kind of a privileged thing to say, but I don't want to get into that sort of it, that would be a downer to discuss that so i'm not gonna right now uh, okay um, yes no maybe, maybe later. let's let's yes. stay on the uppers yes stay yes that's right <laughs> reds for us just just you know just bennies just bennies just just <laughs> like like red m&ms that's right um Okay, so oh, oh, that's, that's right, and we're we're talking about Arrow season six, episode two, tribute. I stand as tribute. No, that's not the line. No, uh, I, I volunteer. I think I volunteer as tribute. Volunteer as tribute. Uh, and I, being Patrick Donahue. And yes, and I, of course, being Seth Alcorn. And what I was thinking with tribute was, this is not the greatest episode in the world. No, this is just a tribute. <laughs> um. But speaking of this episode, yes, for you know, I'm going to put this out there right before, right at the start. Um, this is probably one of the the best uh, Arrow episodes in a long time. I am going to say that I feel because I don't remember a whole lot of season. F- well, actually, no, I do. Now that I think about it, I do remember uh, a, a chunk of season four of Arrow, but he. So here's what I'm going to say, is that um, I think that this episode was better than any episode in seasons four or five of Arrow. Okay. I'm going to say that. Now, given my opinion of seasons four and five of Arrow, that's not a huge... That's a low bar. It's a low bar. It's a low. It's a low bar. But, but, you know, kudos. <laughs> yeah. and, and once again, we find ourselves as like, oh, no, you should have led with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, this is what? Uh, so, yeah, this is the second episode. Yeah. So and it's interesting. Yeah. It's the third one in a row. It's the third second episode in a row where we're like, oh, no, 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 no. This is how you should have started your season. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're not sure. Did you like like change the writers' room immediately? Like what happened? I, I know you didn't because I saw good old Speedweed's name come up in the credits. Speedweed's there, and all our friends, all our but, friends, uh, <laughs> all our friends from the Arrow writers' room. We don't have any at this we point, don't. Patrick. If no. they know about us, they don't like us, and they don't know about us. You don't know that. They may just not like us. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure that at some point, given the... uh, All right, so now it's... uh, Folks, this is going to be some deep cuts. So once again, we are tangenting before the episode starts. Yes. I'm sure that 
at some point, if they knew about us, somebody would be irritated enough enough to to throw some shade our way. <laughs> I am basing this on nothing except a local theater person said something uncomplimentary about Neil LeBute. Mm-hmm. Did not. On, this was on Twitter, did not tag Neil LeBute, did not hashtag Neil LeBute. But Neil LeBute found out, uh, because I think at this point we can assume that Neil LeBute searches for his name <laughs> and engaged this local theater person. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh goodness, yes. They they had a short but uh, I would say short but sweet Twitter fight. Uh-huh. Um, it what happened was uh, the without again without without because I'm not I'm not naming the local theater person's name just in case. But uh, Neil Butte picked up on a promo picture of. Uh, this person's most recent project and the promo picture was done in like um looked like a 16-bit video game okay that was uh that was what the 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 picture looked like it was like a a a composite picture of all the people who were in the show and they had like little 16-bit avatars and you know it looked pretty fun um Mm. and then neil abute retweeted that back at them and said yeah this looks professional (gasps) right (laughs) so the local theater person retweeted a link to their donate page and in quotations dot 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 looks professional end quote Neil Labute. <laughs> That's yeah. I like that. That yeah. was that was smart. That was that was very clever. You uh, go marketing person, whoever they they may be. Yes. And I believe yeah. um I believe they did receive several donations. <laughs> um, so what I'm saying is, is that there's got to be somebody on the writer staff who's as petty as Neil LePute. Yeah, but we don't really name names. We don't, except for Speedweed. And we except only for name Speedweed. Speedweed's name because it's fun. Yes. Um, and I, you know, <laughs> not to judge a, a book by its, its, its title, but I'm imagining Speedweed is very chill. <laughs> well, yeah, except that, I mean, right, but the speed part of it. <laughs> <laughs> because we well, just, we assume Speedweed, that you roll up into a place and you go, that's right, Speedweed, by name and by nature. I'm taking some speed and smoking some weed. And then you just sit I'll, down and run a writer's See, I always took speed weed uh the the speed portion of his name as as a um sort of testament to the fact that how fast he possibly could roll a joint or how quickly he you know takes them down but i not a mixture or a uh a, a listing <laughs> of, huh. of narcotics so see so that's interesting and that reminds me of 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 something else so i'm going to um I'm going to start another tangent again. This is a completely separate tangent. Uh, At eight, mi- eight minutes, and we haven't, you know, no, even got the uh, first scene. I, but 
No, we're good. We're good. Yeah, I think we're not going to talk a whole lot about this episode. My my guess would be that we, and uh, I don't want to promise anything because again, we are eight minutes in at this point. I don't think we're going to get to an hour and a half on this one. No, I agree. I think we're gonna. I'm. I think we're gonna make. Uh, I think this is gonna be an hour. Okay. All right. We're gonna see. Because here's this other tangent. <laughs> Patrick, have you ever heard uh, the world's greatest smoke off? No, I haven't. It is one of Shel Silverstein's adult poems that he uh, recorded. Uh, and it is um, a contest uh, between the Calistoga Kid and Little mm. Pearly Sweet Cake. <laughs> I, sorry. Yes. I, little Pearly Sweet Cake did something to me. <laughs> I like that name. Now, and, and the contest is that the Calistoga Kid believes that he can roll joints faster than anyone can smoke and little pearly sweet cake believes that she can smoke a joint faster than anyone can roll it and they have a contest and i don't want to spoil it for you so my suggestion is that you <laughs> you you look it up on on the internets and give it a listen okay yeah yeah it was something i, I heard on the uh the Dr. Demento show back when that was uh, that was still on the air. Oh, wow. Yes. And the second thing I have to say is that, unfortunately, I need to take a small break from podcasting. But I will be right back after about five minutes or so, maybe. Okay. Maybe less. So, so, so we're going to pause. Pause the recording, and I'll be right back. <laughs> Our complete uh, transparency. Complete we're transparency. Take, we're taking a pause for the cause That's while right. Seth takes a dump. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that that's what <laughs> we we I, I can I can neither confirm nor deny that that's what happened. Uh, but complete right. transparency for our fans. All right, and pause. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the same episode of Arrow, Chapter and Verse. And we're back. We are back. Um, and... Man in the box, you stay in that box. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's right, it's Big D the Gooch. It's a Gooch right here on your morning douche. Ah, <laughs> okay, all right, okay, okay. We're good. Uh, Everything's we're fine. Good. We have yes. $6,500, you cheapskates. Anyway. <laughs> um, so this is Tribute. Tribute, uh, yes. And, and it begins we- with uh, what I thought was actually kind of a cool overhead shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of the city hall uh, doorway and Oliver approaching and being followed by a swarm of press. Yeah, and he he walks in and the first thing he says, the first line in this episode is, anybody see anything on the news last night or something along those lines, right? Yeah, which I thought was incredibly charming. Yeah, there. that was good. That was good. <laughs> and then he, you know, he gives a little press conference and he's like, I'm totally not the Green Arrow. Then he walks up and like Renee and, and Quentin are there and he's like, okay, so we need to figure out who dropped the dime on me being the green arrow. Yep, yeah, but before we go, before yeah. we we uh, swing past his, his talking with the press, I did like that he dropped, he name dropped Bruce Wayne. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was like, you know, he, he's saying that, because you know, the big reveal was there was a picture from last episode, the picture yeah. of... Oliver in as the Green Arrow. 
uh, on a rooftop somewhere just with the hood off, no mask. Yeah. Um, and they're and he's like, look, I, yeah, I, I wish, but he's like, my kid knows more than anybody. I'm not a superhero. That could have been anybody's face that they put on the green arrow's body. That could have been Bruce Wayne. He comes here that often. <laughs> yeah. It's like, anybody seen Bruce Wayne? No, you haven't seen Bruce Wayne. So right. now the thing I pointed out to Patrick at the time is, as we all remember the big reveal, uh, not the big reveal, but the thing that Team Arrow did was to reveal that Adrian Chase was actually Prometheus with pretty much the same picture. Yeah. Yeah. And at no point in season five did anybody go, well, pictures can be doctored. That's really weird for Adrian Chase to be Prometheus. Right. Um, but now, like, as soon as it's Oliver, they're like, nope, nope, nope. Pictures can be doctored. Bird. So... <laughs> right yeah but i and i'm trying to to think has there and mind you we we haven't dealt with this picture too much only one episode but yeah uh i was like has anybody made stated the fact it was like well you know we know this is a doctored picture because uh you know uh ollie doesn't do this doesn't stand around with the hood off um, um, but I don't know. I don't know. It just, I'm yeah. trying to remember. I mean, but he does stand around with a hood off. Exactly. Which yeah. is why I'm like, <laughs> I, somebody could have said, I, you know, um, do you, this could be any time you gotta stop doing this, Oliver. Yeah. But when he has the hood down, he still has the mask on. I mean, most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. He, he right. did not in the first episode of the season, if I recall correctly. Like, there was a point at which, when he was on that, um, w what looked like either a ship or, like, an oil platform, that he, he dropped his hood and he didn't have a mask on. Right. Um, but, but yeah, so, that, so they do that. Uh, but, by the way, I want to say, I think this is the first time that Bruce Wayne has been name-checked. I feel like it is. Yeah. Because um, uh, I remember I did get a little excited. I was <laughs> like, I was like, oh, tingles. This is <laughs> so. This is season six of Arrow, and I believe Batwoman starts in starts when season seven of Arrow starts. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's maybe she starts when season eight of Arrow yeah. starts. But it's it's possible that they're trying to that even at this point they're like we're going to lay the groundwork for a bat series. In, right. Um, in, well, in this universe. By now, the way, speaking and, of bat series, this is a quick tangent. Green Arrow's gone for eight seasons and, you know, Gotham really only got four and a half. And I'm surprised by that. Yeah. Anyway. I think, oh, no, because still Bruce has to go to college before he goes into year one yeah i i or he has to do the thing where he travels the world and learns like martial arts from a variety of different people and right yeah so so, so that yeah it's not that the kid is getting too old no and i think they, yeah. i think it honestly i think the show got canceled uh oh yeah. i think i thought well which is a shame because it was I loved it. Oh yeah, no, it's it's great. I'm I'm in season four 
right now. So, you know, barreling toward the end and I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying, uh, the stuff, the, the one thing that is, the one thing that is, uh, slightly frustrating is they, since we know that these people are going to be Batman villains, they have, there's a major conflict between the Riddler and the Penguin, but we know it's never going to be resolved. Yeah. So that's, that's a little bit, that's a little bit frustrating, but the acting's good. The writing's good. Um, like, yeah, I just, it's anyway, um, I enjoy it. Um, but yes, yeah, so <laughs> back to this, show. back to this show. <laughs> we have not reached the point at which Patrick and I review Gotham. No, no, we have not. So we are not going to review Gotham. We're not going to. It's hard. It's <laughs> as it is hard for not both to, of us. but we won't. We won't. Right. But um, so, yeah, so we're establishing that Bruce Wayne and therefore Batman is in the universe. Yep. Um, and then we, like you said, we, as soon as he walks 10 steps, literally, he goes up a staircase. Yeah. <laughs> and as he's going up the staircase, yeah, he's just like, well, we got to figure out who's, who's, who's calling me out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what we got to do. Um, okay. So then, uh, I think we have the scene where they talk about, is this, but they have the scene where they talk about getting the insurance money for the police headquarters. Uh, yes, they, they go into, um, the mayor's office and, um, Ollie and, uh, uh, Renee, and Renee, no, yeah. Renee and Quentin talk about, you know, They've got money for the new police, twenty million. Yeah, the- Renee's like, I fast tracked that, and I'm like, I don't think insurance works that way, but all right. <laughs> Unless by fast track he meant raw dog went in. Oh boy, guns a blazing. Uh, and then so uh, we go from there. We switch back and forth for a bit. So from there to the lair, where uh, the team is discussing um the picture well yeah they're debating where the pictures came right came but it, it, it's it's just it's uh felicity and curtis right it's just the two of them doing the thing or no initially it's felicity curtis uh john okay is there and dinah okay and they can't once again they can't figure out where the picture right came from uh yeah they they have their their like little quips and guesses but they pretty much um yeah have no answer at this point and then dinah and john leave and where we have felicity and curtis still hanging around and we find out curtis they get into the discussion of money somehow and we find out that curtis has continually been doing little side uh programming jobs and felicity's a little gel yeah, because apparently Felicity's uh, uh, Palmer Industries stock is not, for some reason, it, she was able to go a year on that, and then now she's not. I, I don't, I don't understand, but okay, Be, because we know she got pushed out as CEO of Palmer Industries. But every time I've get a, I've seen a CEO get pushed out of somewhere, it's always like, and they left the company with twenty four million dollars, and it's like. Well, you got to remember, but Felicity as Overwatch is still doing a lot of tech heavy buying. 
And that shit's expensive. Yeah, with $24 million. I don't know. Well, I mean, they have had to rebuild the arrow layer a few times. A couple of times. That, and that can't be cheap. No. Um, so. Because <laughs> we know they're not using bad guy construction. <laughs> hey. Oh, hey. Yeah. They, you know, they never sent a quote. We would we would have been proud. Sure, we would have done it. And then we would have showed the location and, the, you know, well, anything well, we else. We could have to a bunch of his uh, villains. That is what you call synergy. That is, is having having that where we have the location and we can send uh, villains at, at, a, at a, a reasonable price. A reasonable price. No, I mean, I don't know how good that would have worked because it seems like everybody... Who needs to get into the arrow land knows how to get they into the arrow land. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but we, you know, what? We can't get our cut. We yeah, can't wet our beak. Let us wet our beaks a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from there, we're back at the mayor's office, and um, Renee has figured out that the photo came from inside the uh, the news room like yeah like it wasn't delivered it wasn't emailed it was inner office enveloped yes the the right and it's channel 52 so of course i god what was your name susan williams yes yeah susan williams my that was my first thought was susan williams uh because we know that she had a guy who was able to get photographs of oliver in compromising positions before like with the bratva tattoo displayed on his chest um, now, why am I thinking of the Bratva tattoo? Well, you'll find out. <laughs> you will find out. Um, the other thing, though, it, it did occur to me that anybody who's clever enough to get that photo could also have been clever enough to walk into Channel 52, steal an inner office envelope, and leave it on somebody's desk. Yes. So, right. So the, the, the envelope is, even assuming... Like you, you can't assume that it is somebody from inside Channel Fifty Two. Right. Like, certainly, just to to bring up last season, Prometheus or presumably anybody he worked with would have been able to get into Channel Fifty Two, get an inner office envelope, and leave the picture somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So that that's it's pretty much dead end. I will say, somewhat disappointingly, we really don't find out much about that picture. Um. At all. And I was actually expecting the stinger to to give us a clue as to the identity of the person who, who left the picture, but we do not get that this episode. Right. No. Um, yeah, I feel they're, once again, stretching that out. Yeah, yeah well, they got 23 episodes to fill. Uh, um, so we are... Now we find out, oh, well, Curtis and uh, we're back at the lair with Curtis and Felicity. And we um, we get a hit on. Uh, oops, sorry. Nope. 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 First, first, we're, we're still with the mayor's office and right. um, the the Moldavian uh initiative markovian markovian right sorry uh markovia <laughs> uh, is a country where geoforce comes from geoforce was a guy who was an, uh, a member of the outsiders like batman and the outsiders he was also i believe the prince of markovia anyway moving on oh yeah yeah, yeah. um 
Um, but there is a, you know, um, an initiative to build. What are they building? Uh, there's uh, a there's a warehouse that the city eminent domained about four years ago that they've just been hanging on to, and uh, a Markovian tech company is going to come in and build a factory. So right. That way, so, if people want to steal something, they don't always have to go to court industries. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so the mayor and um, this uh, the group of Markovian group of press diplomats. doesn't he doesn't he have a conversation with William before this? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay, no conversation with William. Um, so Mark the Marco some Markovian bigwigs from this company, which I don't remember what the name of the company is. But the press, they go to the warehouse. They're talking about um, the Markovian initiative. All the press is like, but what about Green Arrow? Oliver's like, I'm not going to answer any more questions about Green Arrow. And the CEO of the tech company is like, I will answer questions. Let me tell you, if you're a mere superhero, we will double investment. Ah, 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 ah. One. One. <laughs> two. Two investment. Two investment. And... Uh, and pretty much, Ollie, oh, no, go yeah, ahead. I was gonna say, Ali Jones said it's like, ah, that's funny. I'm not a superhero, it's not yeah. gonna happen. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, hell breaks loose. Yeah, the bullets start coming from somewhere. Um, these, these people have managed to sneak into the warehouse completely unseen by anybody in there, and they're now shooting, and people are falling down, mm-hmm. and they get to the van. Yeah, they like, uh, the bus oh, sure. or whatever and uh everybody think, yeah it's ollie and um dig and, uh it was uh, yeah was it dick or dick wasn't there no it was it's ollie quentin. sorry it's ollie and quentin it's ollie and quentin and, i substitute dig in for quentin because dig's arms are so big they make up an entire quentin <laughs> don't they though yeah don't they though ah, <laughs> uh, uh, that man anyway uh, <laughs> like two barrels of oak attached to his shoulders. Anyway. I know it's like he has literally Renee's legs attached to his shoulders. Yeah, he's he, once again uh, John Diggle, very buff. Um, yes. Um, so, but Quentin, not so much. And I was thinking during this thing, this scene, good way to prove that you're not a superhero. Maybe you lose a couple of the press people. <laughs> and we maybe they did. We think maybe they did. We're not sure. Maybe they did. Yeah. But um, they they do get all of the um uh Markovian, uh people into the van. Yeah. This van that starts magically fast. They I mean, uh, seriously. <laughs> Quentin and Oliver gets in. Oliver shouts go, go, go at Quentin, and the van goes. And I'm like, um, Look, I have a hybrid car, and that thing doesn't... And that thing starts up pretty quick, and it does not start up as quick as this van did. Um, I have a Camaro, a 2017 Camaro. You know, if we're just bragging. But, uh, yeah, I push that button. It starts up pretty fast. Not... This this van had to be running. They they had left the keys in, and it was going. And um, we both question whether the van was going to be was bulletproof because it looked like it was for a while and then it did, all of yeah. a sudden it wasn't all of a sudden it's riddled with bullet holes and i was thinking you know it really should the mayor really should have a 
a bulletproof van. Oh, the Maristar City? The Maristar City should absolutely have a bulletproof van. Yes, because as we know, Star City is a shithole. Yes, and they, <laughs> okay. just, they just need to shut down that one intersection. <laughs> yes. the, the one intersection where always a truck comes by to block off your route, your route so that somebody... Yeah. Yeah, the and, blow up, and blow up that bridge. That uh, you constant. Oh wait, is that Supergirl? That, that <laughs> okay. It's also uh, yeah, it's Star City. Yeah. Also has has Danger Bridge. Danger Bridge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So the, the the van stops, and I get we get the impression that it's not on purpose. Like right. the, they've somehow hit something in the engine that has caused the van to stop, and they open the door, and who should be standing there but Anatoly? Bratva brother. And Patrick and I, at this point, both kind of were like, oh, no. Because, um, as we said a number of times when we were discussing season five of Arrow, the Bratva parts were the worst parts of that season, bar none. Um, But using Anatoly as an antagonist is is a more interesting use of Anatoly than we'd seen in all of season five. Agreed. Yeah. Now, mind you, from this point on, I had constant fear of flashbacks. Yes, there were no flashbacks. There were no flashbacks, and I believe that that's what they decided to do was that they're like, okay, we've reached five years, we just have to stop, which says to me that, and you know, there's no reason to assume that says to me that Arrow, the Arrow crew, were not sure that they were going to get through five years. Okay. Because they didn't have anything planned after that. They're like, oh, well, the fl-, because the flashbacks have been a constant device. Yeah. For the first five seasons. And then they get to season six and they don't have anything to take their place, which is they- weird. We're not suggesting they go back to flashbacks. We don't Hell like no. the flashbacks. <laughs> but it, it's it's weird to have had that and now to have nothing. Right. Well, actually, I mean... What I would have thought they would have done is maybe like, especially since they held on to him for so long, yeah. but over the, the, the last two seasons, they could have started weaning us off the flashbacks. Yeah, they really could have. Like- and making, you know, because they don't need him, and it's a device that's good to use every once in a while, but they had really, I feel, become like a crutch or like a, a and a, and not a good one, a rubber crutch, if you ask me, because, you know, yes, it's a way to like run another parallel storyline. But if that storyline's weak, then just invest more in your main storyline. Yeah. And, yeah. and also they were doing that thing where they really tried to force a parallel between what was happening in Ollie's life five years ago and what's happening in Ollie's life in the present. Yeah. And at no point did Ollie go, wow, the events of exactly five years ago seem to really be uh, paralleling the events of my life right now. You know, and it's yeah, like, I'm remembering all these things about Slade and I'm fighting Slade. It's, you know. Yeah. (laughs) So hopefully... The flashbacks stay away. Yes, we, uh, we, um, we hope that. So um, we've got Anatoly and the and his his uh, 
taking of the Markovians. Markovians. He takes them as hostages. Um, there is a little bit of of a, a little bit of wordplay, mostly on Anatoly's part, where he's essentially taunting Oliver about, "I know who you are, but you can't say anything about me because I could tell them things about you." Kind of a business. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and when, it's like, oh, but if yeah, he, <laughs> you you could have no, you should have no information on me, Mister Mayor. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? Like, yeah. you know something you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was um, just like that. It was just it like was that. Just like that. Just like that. So, um, then I think. Like well, we're, we... we're now talking about, they go back to the mayor's office and Quentin and, and Ollie that... are both talking to people on the phone about the kidnapping. Right. But we also had, this is where we get Dinah and Dig. Oh, this is where we get Dinah Dig. Um, I just kind of want to summarize the Dinah Dig plot because it's this to A me, bunch was, of, yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> was the weakest part of this episode. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, I, and I'm honestly, I have to say that I'm glad that they, in in one sense, I'm glad that they sort of dealt with it now, because again, this is the kind of thing that I can see them taking episode upon episode to resolve in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you might recall, when we talked about the last episode of Arrow, Dig is having some problems. and he, He's got the yips. He's got the yips. And Dinah and Dig have this discussion several times with dig up until the very last discussion that they have going, no, it's fine. I can deal with it. I can deal with it. It's none of your business. It's not your problem. I can deal with it. And ultimately we find out that dig has degenerative nerve damage because he says it. And then the next words out of his mouth are, I'm a soldier. We push through. I'm like, dig, you just said, this is not a thing you can push through. Right. And yeah, I <laughs> see because of prior things with Arrow, I'm I or prior storylines where we've been completely lied to. Uh, there's part of me that feels like, is it completely medical, or is it that you know? Um, Dig is lying and he's just, you know, got the mental yips. We don't know. We uh, don't know. We don't know. But I, I will say that again, having watched Crisis on Infinite Earths, which takes place about two and a half seasons after the beginning of season six, um, Dig's fine. Mm-hmm. So that might be something that he gets fixed by surgery, or it might be something that uh, Lila fixes with her Harbinger powers. We don't know. Yeah. But it's it's something that gets resolved. But anyway, throughout this whole episode, it I this again, like I said, I agree, this was absolutely the weakest bit um C storyline running where they're literally just saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. There was there the only piece of possible new information is like you said the degenerative uh, um, tissue damage yeah yeah um it, it, it's it's not as bad as he's in your head um, <laughs> I, 
it's, it's not as bad as he's in your head only because they didn't say the same phrase six times and there were True. fewer scenes involving that phrase. But, right, but every, but every time it was the same thing. It was of, the same kind. You shouldn't you shouldn't be out there. I can't trust you. You don't have my back. You can't have my back because you your body can't be trusted or your whatever, you know. Uh, I don't know. It, I just I I really want this resolved. And I fear like it's not going to be very quickly. Well, it's it's going to have to be for reasons we'll get into later. Um, okay, so uh, they're having this conversation and uh, at the mayor's. Uh, sorry, they, we go back to the mayor's office. They're having the conversation like like apparently both the Markovian embassy and the headquarters of the the tech company are both like are you sure do you have this handled we can you know we can get them out we can send in people and oliver's like no 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 it's fine it's fine it's fine uh and then i think he gets a call about william right uh yes yes so he he's like i gotta go and he leaves Mm -hmm. and then william's in the mayoral limo he's got a black eye and apparently some kids basically came up to him and were like, where's your dad Green Arrow to save you now? And started beating up on him. Yeah, some big ass eighth graders. Some big ass eighth graders. And Oliver gives him some advice about uh, punching. Now, I think we might have missed a scene, but Felicity and Curtis, Felicity is running an algorithm on the picture because there's always an algorithm. It's apparently yeah. not working too well. Um, keeps running up against an error. Curtis and Felicity decide that they're going to track the Bratva financially uh, by tracking cryptocurrency. Right. And the whole point of cryptocurrency is that you can't track it, really. Oh, sorry. That was supposed to be the point. I remember reading some things, uh, some articles a couple of years ago where it was like, actually, no, you can, but anyway. So they're going to track the Bratva through cryptocurrency because they figure that Ana- that's how Anatoly is paying his guys. Right. And um, they had also mentioned the fact that he specifically asked for $20 million, which is what, that's it's the exact number that they have for um, rebuilding the police department. Um that possibly he is the one who leaked the picture because it would tie his hands. It would tie Oliver's hands by, you know, um, not being able to do so much as the green arrow. Yeah. Um, I said that poorly, but that was it. That was it. They (laughs) they, They also thought that it might be a parting gift from Prometheus, which I mean, makes sense to me. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's going to be somebody else. Um, I, I'm going to advance a theory. Okay. And I will as well. That might be wrong. My theory is that Ollie leaked it. Hmm. Because? Well, I, I, I might be... This might not be right, but this is because of another... This is because of another conversation he has with William, 
mm-hmm. and I don't want to get into that too much right now because we're we're jumping all around anyway. But my theory okay. is that he he did it to put the team in a situation where they have to accept an at least temporary retirement so that he can concentrate on being mayor slash single dad. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we forgot the FBI agent. Yes. Oh, have we gotten there yet? Yeah. Yeah. Cause she was, she was in the office in that first scene. Okay. Um, oh, Yes. Yeah. All right. So there is, yeah. Um, after the picture is revealed to us, it on the news in the uh, like second scene. Yeah. Um, the next time we go back to the FBI office, or next time we go back to the mayor's office. Well, like the first time it's, Ol- it's, it's 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 after the press conference. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's like, like she he walks into the office and. He's like, there's a woman standing there, and he's like, you don't have an appointment. And she's like, no, and I don't need one. I'm special agent uh, Samandra Watson. And, of course, my brain through this whole episode kept going, Samandra. Samandra. <laughs> um, and she is extremely stern. She, yes. Like, like I... <sighs> she, is, she is less than no-nonsense. Yeah, like, and it's 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 too much for me almost. I just I because I I don't know maybe for me, just I always think and it, here's my tangent for, for this episode. Okay. Um, when we get a like a a, a character coming in that is, you know going to be around possibly for a couple of episodes but we know they're not going to make it they're not going to be there's no reason for them to be like become a series regular or whatever um they always do this where i have so many sorry so many similar thoughts um or what i'm trying to say is this is a woman of that they've cast a woman of color in this role yes they did and they've made her immediately unlikable. And I know that she's supposed to be, you know, a good guy in that, you know, she's not evil, but she's here to do something against our hero. So I think it would be far more interesting if there was some charm to her, or if there was some, you know, uh, and I'm not saying she can't be like, you know, she's doing her job yeah. and we're not necessarily supposed to root for her, but there can still be something where it's like, you know, very few people come in just hard blazing antagonistic towards somebody, yeah. especially somebody she's investigating, because if you're investigating them, you don't want them completely with their guard up or, you, you know. There should be some sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, sugar to catch the fly. Yes. For lack of a better reason. And this woman has none of that. No. She is aggressively, I I know you're the green arrow. This makes you a criminal. (laughs) You're you're going down. And I, I just thought she was way too 
hard edge. Yeah, I mean, it was just she was sort of the uh, gosh, what was Tommy Lee Jones's character in The Fugitive? Um, Agent. Uh, maybe maybe I'll look this up real quick. Right, but even he there he was charming he in was. a way. There, you know, it's like like um, I always think of in the you know right before uh, Harrison Ford jumps off the big uh, out of the drainage pipe. Right, he goes, I it I didn't do it. I didn't kill my wife, and he goes, I don't care. Yeah, you know, you know, it's like. That's not the job that he's there to do. He's there to capture him. Right. And we, you know. Right. It's, so. it's Gerard. Agent Gerard. A Gerard. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, what is it? Uh, Samuel Gerard. Deputy U.S. Marshal Samuel Gerard. But even like their portrayal of Amanda Waller, who is sort of recognized as D.C.'s federal agent hardass of hardasses. Right. Um, and one, I, they got rid of her so fast. I, I, I don't understand how she isn't, she should have been, you know, Amanda Waller's a major DC character. Yeah, she is. Um, which is why it was surprising to me that they killed her off an arrow. Um, yeah. specifically <laughs> to give Lila the role of Argus in which she doesn't really seem to be behaving any differently than Amanda Waller would. And also, right. she's not on the show that much anymore, which I know Patrick uh, is a fan of. <laughs> yes, previous statements. <laughs> but anyway, I, I so like I said, I just thought I would like uh, this woman is so, and I, I, I don't even want to say. Let me put it: uh, this actor yeah. <laughs> is playing this so intensely aggressive i am i immediately recoiled it was like um yeah so anyway that was my my tangent and that's patrick's about, tangent which really yeah. isn't it's a, it's a discussion of this character and, and, and whatnot so uh samandra watson is her name she's going to show up a couple more times nothing really happens this is just the episode in which she's introduced right right but every time we see her she's on 11 yeah she is she is definitely on 11 um yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that. So okay, so so we are in the limo. Ratva, uh, like Felicity and Curtis call Ollie and tell him that they know where the Bratva is, and this guy who hold had, on before oh, before that yeah. though, um, so we're like when William and Ollie are discussing what happened to him at school. Ollie starts to tell him what to do. He, he his dad, his dad advice is prison yard rules. Yes. He's like, fine. Ollie just goes into telling this very meek, tender child because he is, uh, you know, the, the way they're playing William or portraying William is he is very much, you know, quiet sweet and traumatized traumatized bookish yes. child yes and um he's carrying his you know his flash backpack which i thought was funny um but ollie tells him 
break the kid's nose. Find the biggest one, go up to him, break his nose. He won't be able to see, so he won't be able to fight. And everyone around watching will know that you're badass. (laughs) Um, Which I thought was going to roll into William kind of digging that. But he did not. He did not. And it's also interrupted by the call from Felicity and Curtis saying they have found where the Bratva are. And so uh, he tells his kid he's got to go. And he's like, kid's like, are you kidding me? It's like, nope. He's like, I will be back. So he tells the driver of the limo to just drop him off. And at at that point, I I said to Patrick, uh, as though I were the limo driver being interviewed by anyone. No, the mayor just in the middle of t- taking his kid home from uh, after a fight, he said, no, stop the car and let me off here and take my kid home. Do I know what happened to him after that? No, I don't. I just know that I dropped him off somewhere random. I did think it was odd. Yeah, it's it, it just really, it was like really a dumb move. And given the but amount hey. of time it took Team Arrow to assemble another few minutes to get William home wouldn't have made much of a difference because I want to point out that while he's talking to Win, uh, William, it's the afternoon. Yeah. yeah, It is, I'm going to say, at the latest three to four in the afternoon. Well, even, maybe. Because I was going to say if the school called him to tell him that this had occurred, he would have been picked up from school early for the fight. Like if the fight happened at lunchtime or he would have been possibly picked up even before school let out. Yeah, that's it's certainly possible. So they and yeah, and like I say, when they roll into uh, the uh, where they have the hostages, the hostage location, it is definitely it's not even early evening. It is dark. It's it's <laughs> it's flat dark it's it's like the the uh, i know that not everybody experiences uh this because not everybody's as as far north as as we are in the dc area but but it's that it's november the time has changed you roll out of your house at five or your work or your job or whatever at five o'clock and it's as dark as it is as midnight it's that dark yeah um and uh and so the few moments it would have taken to finish the ride get your kid home also not seem incredibly suspicious by getting out of a limo just middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, plus, he still had to get the green arrow suit. And I'm sure he had a there's, suit. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff. And it's it, it's just him and Spartan and Canary. Yeah. Because Curtis and Felicity are still trying to figure out what to do with the picture. I think at this point, Curtis says that he is now working on Felicity's code. Uh her algorithm to try to change some things about it to reanalyze the picture. And yeah. Quentin and Renee are at an interview with Samandra Watson that Ollie's supposed to be at. So, Correct. yeah. So they go through this building, this restaurant where the Bratva are, they beat up a ton of Bratva. There's, we have a scene where dig can't, you know, do what he's supposed to do. And, now, I, I will say that Patrick pointed out that what happens is they're fighting. 
somebody comes up behind Black Canary with a garret and essentially mm-hmm. tries to choke her out. Dig. Hey, do you think it was because, you know, Dinah's a lady, uh, Mrs. Garrett? <laughs> I tickle me. Oh, Patrick. Girls, you know, girls, with girls. You, you, you've got to take the good, you take the bad. <laughs> you take a both. And there, there you, you have you, the facts the of facts life. life. The facts of life? Yeah, the facts of life. Uh, uh, when the world never seems. To be living up to your dreams. Sometimes it's got to go and show the facts of life are all about you. I'm doing the after the episode verse. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, it's fine. Yes. It, it really is. Uh, it is. If, if you if you want to look up uh, Tootie and Joe Blair. But in, and, in this, let me throw this out there. Yeah. In this time of looking for things to binge, I'm going to say binge the facts of life. You know, you'll see a young Molly Ringwald. You'll see a young Kim Fields. Um, the incomparable Conrad Bain occasionally drops by. Yeah, uh, the facts of life uh, crossed over with... Was a spinoff of... Oh. Uh, uh, I almost said different world, no. different strokes. Uh, it was a spinoff of different strokes. It was a spinoff of different strokes because that's the school that Kimberly oh. went, was, was supposed to go or went to. Oh, wow. Facts of life went nine seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently it's on uh, Amazon prime. So see, check it out. Um, fun fact. The Kim Fields, character Tootie is on roller skates because she was so much shorter than everybody else they put her on roller skates for filming so that she could um, be in the same you know same height in shots with the other girls there you go because she was the youngest she was by far the youngest yeah okay but anyway so we're, we're done now I, I, End of I, I, will, I will say that the um, the, the facts of life is a classic '80s sitcom mm-hmm. in a number of ways, but it it sort of there is a particular formula that '80s sitcoms have. This is a big tangent, um, <laughs> and we're we're going to go more than an hour, folks. We're sorry. I, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um. There's a there's a certain formula that 80s sitcoms have that was one of the reasons that Seinfeld was so groundbreaking when it was out, because it discarded that formula. So the the sort of the the credo of Seinfeld, uh, the show was famously no lessons, no hugs. Uh huh. And if you watch 80s sitcoms, they were all about lessons and hugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was not a problem in the world that could not be solved in 30 minutes with commercial breaks. Right. Question. Yes. Off the top of your head, because I, I um, do you know, was Seinfeld first or Married with Children? Married with Children was first. Okay. Um, All right. Because, yeah, because even though they, they still kind of did lessons and hugs, but 
less than. Less I, than I, I remember. Yeah, I remember married with children kind to kind of being the first sitcom about horrible people. Yeah, that might be right. Um, you know, it's like these. You know, you're. It was the first time you're the people that you're rooting for are not at heart really just like squeaky clean right or, or yeah yeah um, uh, I, I and something. really nice to or or really even just even nice to one another right I, occasionally it rolls in that we got oh yeah they were you know they're a family and blah 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 but initially yeah we didn't you know they yeah yeah so anyway yeah um i i the only thing i can think of that maybe was before that would have been Steptoe and and Son, but that was British, and Steptoe and Son is what Sanford and Son was based on. Yeah. But by the time it became Sanford and Son, it was not as... Because I want to say that Steptoe Steptoe and Son were both fairly disagreeable. I don't know. I've never seen an episode. I've just read the description. But yeah, I think Married with Children was at at the... Certainly the first successful American sitcom to deal with terrible people yeah because sanford and son they weren't terrible people they were not at all they were confrontational yeah but they but, not but they weren't yeah they were like uh sort of hard-working people yeah you know the, yeah. the thing about the and the only thing about fred sanford was that he would invent stuff about pieces of junk he found to try to get people to buy them right that was that was it um, they were loud and abrasive, but they weren't. Yeah, they were. They weren't bad people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, and married with children was was just. I, I I will say I never, I never understood. I, I never understood this because <laughs> Katie Seagal is very attractive. Uh huh. And I never understood why Al Bundy was so reluctant to have sex with his wife. <laughs> well i but uh, so my impression always was just that uh, it was that he was so put upon uh by all the other things around him kind of crushing him down that it wasn't that he didn't want to have sex with peg he didn't want to have sex <laughs> like i think even like all of his like um uh, bravado about didn't he like am i remember i um because he had the booby magazines right yeah didn't and they there, have were, there was a bunch of uh a, like a bunch of stuff that was like where he was he was clearly lusting after people who were not peg right but it never like he but he wasn't trying to pull the trigger with them right it was always just like the male gaze is, is just him you know fantasizing but when it came down to it, yeah, he just didn't want to do anything but sit on his couch and watch TV with his hand in his pants. So I think it was the effort that was not there. And then you had Peg, who always wanted it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 that, and, and that might be the case. That might be what it was. Uh, Al, Al Bundy was a semi-hardworking shoe salesman who'd been a, an athlete in high school and always sure. longed for his glory days. It was one of those things I honestly never understood, um, especially as I get older, where people are like, high school, those are the best years of your life. And I'm like, only because I didn't have that many responsibilities. 
Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't, but were you like captain of the football team? No, I was not. I was in drama and I, you know, like I did. uh, So this is a big tangent, folks. We are tangenting the hell out of things. (laughs) Uh, about things that are not about the show. And it's fine. It's fine. So, this But is, again, this, is, about this is only happening, I think, because we liked the episode and there wasn't a lot of, like, stuff to really rip on. There, there's not. Um, there, but there, there, also one... wasn't a, there also wasn't a lot to super uphold. Right. Or, there's... Or showcase. Yeah, yeah there's one big thing we're going to rip on at the end when we get there. And we will get there, folks. I promise. Yes. Uh, but what I was going to say is that in, in addition to like, no, I was in I was in theater and I was having an OK time. My big thing in high school was that I was a nerd and uh, and nobody wanted to date me. Oh, and I was very sad about it because I thought that determined my worth as a person. Nobody wanted to date me. It was terrible, except that people did. And my worldview was just incompatible with that idea. Yeah, like it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, nobody wants to date me except for these people who do who you're ignoring because you think they're lying. <laughs> it was, folks, it was not healthy. High school was definitely not the best time of my life. Oh, yeah. nor in no, fact for, was college. So high school for me, I was very social. Um, I was, you know, I also was in theater as much as our high school had a theater department which it didn't but i kind of was like with the help of uh my english teacher was like we would put on something and try to get something going um and but still would i call it the best years of my life no <laughs> like I, I like you said less responsibilities but i you know not drowned out by me as just a teenager having my insecurities and having, you know, um, like you said, oh, yeah, these are my friends, but are they really my friends? Are these my friends? Do they really like me? Um, also going through, you know, figuring out the whole sexual identity thing. That's a lot to put on a teenager. Yeah, and it, it would have been like what late and 80s times, Detroit? Yeah, yeah, very different times. Yeah. The idea of someone going to prom with their boyfriend and their boy. Yeah. Or a girlfriend and their girl or a trans person being on in school. Speaking <laughs> speaking of sitcoms, uh just to because there's we're we're recording this um I promise we weren't going to get political, but we are now uh, because this is not the clink tank. <laughs> this is not the clink tank. Bring it. Uh, we, I don't get to talk about this stuff. We're recording this the day after the anniversary of the Pulse Massacre, which was also the day in which Donald Trump revoked some Obama era protections for LGBTQ people, especially in the era uh, area of uh, receiving health care. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, at this point, we were talking about 80s sitcoms. The line I'm a woman trapped in a man's body was a punchline for the entirety of the eighties. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, you, you know, just to, just to sort of c- 
confirm Patrick's point about like trans the word transgender wasn't even really in common vocabulary. Oh no. No. No, no, no. Yeah. So yes, the eighties were a very, very different time. Yeah. Um hold on just one second. Doing some technical things. Technical things. Technical. Um okay. We're fine. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, there's, right. So I know, I know how we got here. Uh, <laughs> do you? <laughs> I do, I do know how we got here. Uh, we got here, okay, we got here because you said Mrs. Garrett, and then we talked yes. about the facts of life, and then we talked about <laughs> 80s sitcoms, and then I talked about Seinfeld, and then you talked about Married with Children, and we talked a little bit about Steptoe and Son and Sanford and Son. And uh, then we came back to Married with Children, and it was about it was about high school being the best times in our lives, and both of us decided to refute that idea. Yeah. I think it's yeah, and the, I I I think I what I was just going to say it's like for a very specific small niche group of people, high school may have been the best times of their life, only because then what happens it doesn't they're not truly prepared for what life is after high school yeah um but back to the garroting yes um, uh, yeah i the point i made when we were watching the episode and or the thing i said was from the from the pov of what we see of the camera dig did not have a clear shot to take out the guy that's attacking Dinah. Yeah, it, it. But we, but we're given him pulling his gun, his getting him getting his tremors, and then reholstering his pistol to, uh, or no, no, no. But him getting the tremors and Dinah kind of saving herself with a judo flip move and. Yes. Subduing the, the guy herself. I want to make this clear. That is judo flip as distinct from Austin Powers judo chop. <laughs> I chose judo flip because it looked like she used, you know, her old body weight to roll over the guy to get behind him and then take him down. And I would agree as, with that. Yeah, but it really didn't look like, like, Dinah's head was in the way for most of the time. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, he would, and and you did bring up the point that, yeah, Spartan is supposed to have also the worst name for a superhero. Yeah. Spartan is supposed to be like almost, almost like Deadeye level assassin, or not assassin, but shot, like great, great aim. So maybe he was supposedly at 100% would have been able to you know, make the shot to take the guy out that Dinah was blocking. Yeah. But that did not happen. <laughs> yeah, that did that did not happen. Um, so they rescue the Bratva guys, except that the CEO isn't there and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And we cut back to Curtis. Actually, everybody, I think, is back in the, the arrow lair. And Felicity's like, let's look at the outside cameras because there's no inside cameras. 
and it shows Anatoly walking the guy away, and then Curtis is like, well, we can cross-reference these um, cryptocurrency exchanges with, you know, Bratva-owned buildings and see if we can come up with something. Now, just going to go ahead and say this. They're tracking cryptocurrency exchanges because that's how they figure Anatoly is paying his guys. Because cash would have been too suspicious. If I have learned anything from the Sopranos, it's that if you want to make sure that you can pay somebody unobtrusively, you give them an actual regular job somewhere, and then you just pay them other money. Usually mm -hmm. in cash, because it's untraceable. Right. Or at least much harder to trace than anything else. It's a bill. Where did it come from? Who knows? So if you have a restaurant which is making and receiving payments in cryptocurrency, that's kind it's of... Highly, it's like, that's kind of a... Highly suspicious. Right. Um, but anyway, that's what, what Curtis and Felicity promised to do. Uh, I think at this point, Ollie goes back to talk to William. Uh, we... We do have well, the no, theme. For, well, first the scene with Samandra. Samandra, uh, uh, yeah, it's which I this again I thought was a highlight of the episode with Quentin and Renee in the in the FBI office talking to Samandra, and mostly because of Renee. Yeah. His his air with her in that room and his his just uh, I, I it he's you know doing what a person would do in that you know covering for his boss he's making trying to make small talk and he's and, very awkward yeah. But awkwardly genuine. Yeah. You know, I, it just, I, I just, I just love what he did. And it was, um, it was, like I said, one of the things that made me really like, or like this episode. Yeah. And um, Quentin, Quentin over there constantly rolling his eyes at uh, mm -hmm. um, Renee's missteps. And then Renee not getting flustered at those missteps, but it's, it's one of those things where in another show it would have been, Oh, uh, what I meant to say was blah, 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 blah. And Renee just goes, no, you're right. Here is another yeah. thing. I'm digging myself in a little deeper, but not as deep as I could be. No. Yeah. And it, <laughs> there are always like the scenes like this where, and, and like you said, truly in this instance, now, yes, Ollie is the Green Arrow, but that picture is fake. Yeah. And, and so behaving like someone who is innocent, but confident in their innocence, is kind of how Renee is playing it. Yes. Um, now, I will say, we, we don't know that the picture is fake just yet. We're going to find that out later. There, there is a bit where... Uh, uh, but I mean, from I was going to say, from their... From from the team's perspective, they believe it to be fake. Oh, uh, that's true. 
Um, I, I will also say that Curtis and Felicity at one point, like, take a look at the picture and go, that's weird. Yeah, but Data doesn't lie. Oh, wait, here's a Bradford thing. We're going to ignore this, which is one of the reasons that I thought we were going to get a stinger with where the picture came from, but we did not. Um, so they have that scene. We cut back to the arrow lair. We're trying to figure out where this guy has gone. We don't really have a good way to do it. Oliver goes back to talk to William. William actually says, this was also a scene that I thought was actually fairly genuine. Like the kid that they, the kid that they got to play William is doing a pretty good job. Um, yeah, uh, I you know I have my issues with him at times. Yes, uh, but one of one of the things that he says is, "You you're going to die and leave me alone." Essentially, is his point. And Oliver's like, "Yeah, I promise I'll never die. I'll always come back. I'll always come back." And then, which is kind of what the Flash says too. Yeah, and that's his thing. I'll always come home to you, or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. So uh, <laughs> then he gets a call from Anatoly. Anatoly's like, "I got this guy. I've given him something. You've got three hours to give me the twenty million dollars." Yeah, and they show the guy, and he looks gross. Oh, he looks gross. It's like they basically like got a got some. I don't know how to. It's, it's like they got some Rice Krispies and stuck them to his face, like sand and gravel as well. Yeah, like just a whole mixture of everything to make his face, face look like a, look a leaf map yeah. of of. Uh, I'm gonna say the shit. Yeah. I had some. It's okay. Death Valley. Death Valley. Death. Valley. There we go. Okay. So, um, so they, you know, they get the, uh, they, they see the video. They cut back to the the cave. They're like, well, if we can analyze, basically, Curtis does a reverse Google image search, <laughs> and they're like, oh, that is a uh, consistent with this kind of poison and the antidotes at Starling General. We're going to go to Starling General and get the antidote. And this is where we find out that Dig has degenerative nerve disease. And he gets the antidote and he takes it back to Oliver. And then they find Anatoly and they're fighting their way through things. And Anatoly's behind this guy on the chair. And Oliver's got an arrow, which clearly has a syringe in it. And Anatoly's like, well, you did not bring $20 million. And Oliver goes, I don't need to. And shoots the dude, uh, the markovian dude in the shoulder shoulder and anatoly's like i don't think you understand how rescues work and oliver goes but i do and and yeah you see the the liquid go into the guy's body and he starts getting better and then anatoly shoots him (laughs) which i appreciate it um i mean and we also need it we kind of needed that a bit uh i don't i i'm just just gonna say we need to see like that Anatoly is the bad guy. Yes. And while again, I, so they basically have a whole thing and Anatoly's like, you know, I'm doing this because I need to, I've been exiled. Bratva thinks I'm weak because of my friendship with you. Well, now I get this money and we are no longer friends, you know? And, basically Anatoly's about to walk away and Oliver accuses him of not being honorable and Anatoly's like, I did not bum your child. 
And then Oliver's like, well, why did you release that picture? I did not release that picture. Like I said, I'm honorable, which kind of blows a hole in my, I think Oliver released it because he wouldn't have asked that question if he had. Um, Correct. <laughs> but uh, Anatoly's basically just walks off and Oliver like threatens to shoot him. And Anatoly's like, you will not shoot me. And he walks off. So I, I'm going to, I was going to say this earlier, but I decided to wait till we got to this point. Um, when you were saying your theory about the picture mm -hmm. and you think it was Oliver, my theory slash huge fear is that it's going to be Prometheus. I'm, I'm really scared that this is where they're going. I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to change, uh, my theory. <laughs> Maybe it was William. No, <laughs> this kid's no hacker. I know. I don't know, but it's like, you know, it's, uh... I mean, maybe later after he's spent a little time with, 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 um, stepmom Felicity <laughs> or whatever their relationship is now. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't think we're done with, um, Adrian Chase. Um, yeah, I, I'm a scared, but I think, I, I think it's going to turn out to be Adrian Chase. And it's the reason being like, my first suspicion was, is like that picture is all like, he's almost exactly like the picture that of Adrian. Yeah, that, that's and, true. And, and it would be very much like their writing to be like, oh, here's the uh, here's the final here's another t final twist of the knife that the same way that you brought down Prometheus is the same way he's going to bring down Green Arrow through that same kind of photo reveal. Yeah, but that's my theory. I mean, I, yeah, you know. I, I just I'm going to be really bored and upset if it is. Oh, me I'm too. Simultaneously like I said, bored and upset. It's 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 a fear. But yeah, that I mean, come on, that's going to be so upsetting with the promise that this episode kind of had, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh. So, where are we? They're having the kid. Uh, uh, so, the kid and Ollie have their moment. Um, and then we go to the lair. Nope, we've already got yeah. the antidote. And we, oh, that's right. No, we left off. He, Anatoly, shot, just shot the guy to prove that, you know, to the world and everyone that he is not friends with Oliver Queen. Yeah. Uh, um, and then, um, I, what do we do? We, we cut back. We have, I think another scene with William. Well, we have the, we have a moment there. 
within that because we kind of went through there's a bunch of jumping around as they do during the fight and all of this reveal and one of the well i think it was before they went to the fight ollie and um renee kind of had a single dad's chat where um ollie is like oh i i i I'm lying to my kid now telling him that I'll return. And, and uh, Renee is like, you know, he's discovered that as a single dad, sometimes little, little lies are what you have to use to have your kid, you know, um, feel secure and feel, you know, and you do everything to kind of make those lies as true as possible in the case of saying that you'll always return home, you know, um, because what in the end what we really want in uh out of this scene is that he also because uh, oliver says they want to call his son into the fbi office to talk to him about things he's like i'm not gonna have my kid lie and there's no way in hell i'm gonna let him you know go be interrogated by the fbi and so after the fight we get Oliver going to the FBI office to see Samandra. Samandra. And, <laughs> and uh, he's cool as a cucumber saying, um, oh, sorry. There's one thing that happens before he goes to the FBI office. Um, comes out Curtis and, and um, Felicity's algorithm uh, photo detecting thing algorithms yes. <laughs> you know proves that the picture is digitally enhanced and that it's a fake and the news uh broadcasts that information and so once oliver goes into the fbi office he's you know got that confidence because then the news has already debunked the photo and samandra is like, all right, yeah. So you prove that the photo was fake, but that doesn't mean you're not the Green Arrow, and I'm not going to stop this uh, interrogation or investigation. So there, I'm the boss. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say there's a really weird moment because like Oliver starts off by saying, "My life is open to you, except for my kid," and Samantha's like, "That's obstruction of justice. You can't tell me how to run this." And then Oliver says. If you're the person you think I am, what lengths do you think I would go to to make sure that my kid isn't disturbed? Which is a weird thing to say to an FBI agent. You don't want to prove it's a threat. Yeah, that's like that's <laughs> that's really yeah yeah no. It was like he said in the same breath, "I'm not who you think I am, but I am who you think I am," <laughs> because I'm gonna I'm gonna protect my kid. But yeah, no, I like I said, this whole their whole dynamic is like yeah i i would have much i don't know preferred but it should yeah it should have played out more like you know okay so you think i am who you think i'm who you think i am yeah <laughs> so let's say you know it it, it very much should, 
came off like, you know what this is. Come on. I'm doing the job that needs to be done. Back the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it, it was just really. Uh... Yeah, it, it was a really it was a really weird thing for him to say. It was on the level of. Or maybe you've been asleep this whole time. <laughs> Very much. Yeah. Um, but definitely not anything that's going to make the FBI back down from investigating. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so the, so then then he has another conversation with William. Um, and he's like, hey, you know what? You're right, but I'm also right. And I'm working on it so that maybe I don't have to like things will be OK. And William's like, all right, let's play this game. I don't know what I don't even know what game this is. You just button mash. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that was yeah, it was very cute. Yeah. It was um and then we also had uh we had um Felicity and Curtis discussing how well they worked together and completely saw this coming the whole time that they're going to now have a put together a company and work together as their outside job from the uh team arrow they're going to put have a what do you uh they're going to be the new jobs in wozniak yeah that was yeah uh they yeah and they fight over and whose job which is weird job. because they should be fighting over whose was because he was actually the technical guy <laughs> yeah uh, uh, so then we cut back to the lair and Oliver's standing there and John comes in and this is the part where the episode lost me because Oliver essentially says all this scene is meant to do is Oliver's like, I can't be green arrow. I've got to make sure my kid has a parent. John, can you, who is also a parent, take on the mantle of green arrow and all of the dangers that come with it. And John is kind of like, well, he's thinking, well, I can't because of my degenerative nerve condition, but otherwise I sure. <laughs> and it was like, well, well, that's because John has a wife. So there are two parents versus one parent. <laughs> yeah. It, it, because the head of Argus is always at home. <laughs> to to take care of the family. Yeah. It's it's just it, it Yeah, it was they did so well for so for for a while. Yeah, this was honestly look, I'm going to say this. I didn't hate most of this Arrow episode and that's for, for me that is high praise. Yeah. Like, I watched it. I was enjoying it. It was fine. The writing was actually crisp in places most of it didn't feel flabby. Um, and then they got to this part and it was like, yeah, now you've lost me. Agreed. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, we were enjoying the ride and then the ride stopped and started backing up, not to like a big new climax, but just backed up enough so that we could stop and we have to offload the ride, not at the end, but just someone has to pull a ladder and we have to climb down. 
very anticlimactic. Yes. Very, you know. Just just disappointing. Um, just disappointing. Right. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode of Arrow, which, of course, means it's time for plugs. So, Patrick, mm-hmm. what would you like to plug? Well, you know, I'm going to just throw it out there. You know, we're the, the clink tank. Um, the show where we talk about any and everything except politics. politics. And um, I am joined by a panel of co-hosts, including Mav Bachman, Rob White, Sean Byers, uh, Gary Denard, Bern- Gary Bernard Denardo. I don't know why I do that all the time. I love you, Gary. Sorry. But um, yeah, and we talk about uh, movies, TV, music, memes, video games, board games, food, uh, and give our best advice, suggestions, and complaints about all of the above. So the clink tank. Only on the Steve Network. There we go. <laughs> Seth? Uh, well, I would like to plug How I Spent My Allowance, another quality show on the Steve Network. And on that show, Patrick and I are joined by Riley Bartlebaugh, James Finley, and Naomi Collard as we discuss D&D books from the 80s. And right now, as this comes out, I believe we are we are in the home stretch of Ed Greenwood's <laughs> Spellfire. We have very little left to discuss. Uh, about this book and uh, starting in August we're going to be discussing uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman's Dragons of Autumn Twilight uh, the first book in the Dragonlance Chronicles um, it's uh, I enjoy it it's a hoot uh, mm-hmm. since we like full transparency at least on this podcast that podcast is edited and I have started doing the editing and let me tell you something about editing for audio it's weird and tough uh, but I'm doing <laughs> it's it it's not easy it is not easy As I- um, there's something I'd like to do that I've actually forgotten to do for a- at least a month now, but I- I'm assuming that those of you who uh, are listening have noticed that we got actual art uh, for the podcast, for both uh, How oh, I Spent yeah. My Allowance and Arrow Chapter and Verse, and that art was done by Britt Willis, who is a D.C. area, uh, they're, they're a D.C. area artist in a number of senses, obviously visual art. They also uh, are a playwright, and they also uh, do some work with um, role-playing games. So check them out. They're really great. Uh, And not only did they do the art for Arrow Chapter and Verse and How I Spent My Allowance, but they also came up with something uh, for the Steve Network as a whole, which Patrick and I need (laughs) to find a place to post uh, because it's really cool and we really like the graphic. Um, Yes. So... That's uh, thank you again. That was yes. amazing. It's there. Yes, there. There are a lot of we're we're very happy with all of the things that we got from Brit. Um, uh, so if you'd like to support uh, that, uh, how I spent my allowance and this show, you can go to our, our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash clog Ives productions. That's patreon.com slash L L A W G Y F F E S. And there's a number of levels at which you can support. Uh, the lowest level just gets you access to basically the uh, the feed in which I occasionally post parodies um, as I see fit. Uh, higher levels <laughs> get you access to the audio archive, of which there is currently one item. Uh, and then beyond mm. that, it's stuff like 
picking what we're or uh, suggesting what we might review next on various shows or at the highest level demanding that we review something and uh, being on that show with us. And of course, there's also a bunch of monthly goals, monthly funding goals. And I would be remiss if I did not say that we are only $21 a month away <sighs> from Patrick and I reviewing Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Batman the Brave and the Bold and Young Justice. Well, come on, people listening. Just give a dollar. Just give a dollar. I, you know, if everybody just gives a dollar, we can give you content where the norm is we enjoy the episodes. Yes, where we where, where we pretty much always enjoy the episodes and talk about how good they are. And we think that that might make the episode shorter, but we're not sure. Yeah, yeah. It's give you you know a little a little taste. A little, a little tidbit of something, you know, of joy. Yeah. You want that content. We want that content. So please, uh, if you're out there uh, and, you, and you're not given a dollar, if you if you feel like it, please give us a dollar. Uh, and then tell 20, uh, 20 other friends to give. <laughs> now, here's the thing, of course. Uh, I mentioned at which point we're recording this episode. So there are a number of causes more worthy than two guys doing more goof-em-ups. So if you're yeah. if you're giving that dollar to other places, if you're giving it to, uh, say, Black Lives Matter or any one of the numerous LGBTQ uh, advocacy groups, uh, please please do so. Please do. We think that's yeah. a great idea. Um, we're just saying Absolutely. that if you have an extra dollar and you feel like giving it to us, we're not going to tell you not to. Exactly. Yeah. And with that, I think we've come to the episode, the end of the episode of Arrow Chapter Adverse. So, we hope you enjoyed the episode. We do. We hope you're having a good day. We do. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.